Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Coffee with Clarissa on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Coffee with Clarissa. Now, Father's Day is coming up this weekend and we have many, many aspiring fathers to look towards. Today, though, I am speaking to Dato Nicholas Ho. He is an entrepreneur, a horse enthusiast, and most importantly, a father of two enjoying his many pursuits. As the executive director and CEO of Serestine Group of Companies, a regional business consortium that focuses on industries such as real estate, hospitality, agriculture and natural resources. Dato Nicholas is a master of many trades. However, business venture that recently he got into is the Ultima or Ultima Horse Club, offering an exceptional experience when it comes to horse racing and ownership. And now I'm intrigued about this business. So Money FM 89.3 welcomes Dato Nicholas Ho, Group CEO and Executive Director of Serestin Group of Companies and Executive Director and CEO of Ultima Horse Club. Welcome to the show. Now, a lot of people um, don't understand that it is a business to be buying and selling horses, to be training horses, whether it's um, even just to, to ride for pleasure, there's a lot of training involved. Yes. But you're in an actual professional business of it. So tell us more about that business. Well, um, this business, I feel, and thank you, Clarissa, for having me here. I think this business is very interesting because many people are not exposed to horses. Mm-hmm. And in fact, many Singaporeans, they haven't been to a turf club mm-hmm. or probably they don't even know where the turf club is. So just to maybe give a little bit of um, introduction about this industry, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the billionaires, millionaires and mm-hmm. all the high level individuals, they are typically the ones who enjoy this sport. Uh, so they always want to have um, champion race horses to their name. Sure. And of course, to even win the Queen money. of England is yes, into this sport. Yes, yes, of course. And because that they are always in the lookout for good champion race horses mm-hmm. to win prize money, and of course, ultimately for breeding. Mm-hmm. So for us, what we do at Ultima is we do buy and selling. We are doing trading. Okay. Uh, in the industry, it is called pin hooking. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we buy six month old horses and we sell them as a one year old, which is called a yearling. And after that, or otherwise, we buy them as a yearling mm-hmm. and we sell it as a two years old. Okay. So what we have in place is a system that whereby, whereby we look at their pedigree, we look at their confirmation, we go down to the, to the auctions, auction in Australia, in New Zealand, in Japan, and of course, um, we sell them do, uh, during the auction after about six to eight months. Mm-hmm. That's where we turn a profit um, from all this sale. I'm actually quietly giggling because, you know, if you, if you think about it, in the old, in the old way of thinking, you're a horse trader. Yes, I'm a horse trader. <laughs> yes, I'm a horse trader. But many people do not know that actually, uh, horse can be traded this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was always in the agriculture space, whereby I always like to look at the industry from the upstream to the downstream. Mm-hmm. So the this whole value chain always intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at the horse industry, uh, when I look all the way up to the upstream part of it, and I saw that actually. Horse trading is a very, very um, lucrative industry whereby a lot of people just do not know. And I thought I would like to explore it further. Okay. Now, I, I know a little bit about the, ho- the horse industry. Yes. Um, and w- one of the things that attracted me to it, strangely enough, is the fact that on those very big races, the very famous race days, whether it's the Melbourne Cup or something like that, the women get dressed up, they wear beautiful hats, the men are in beautiful suits and top hats. Yes. It is. It just seems so classy. 
Yes, correct. You're you know, right. and and that was just something that I was so attracted to because it looks like a scene in My Fair Lady. Yes, you're right. <laughs> right. So that for me was what attracted me to it. I ended up uh, as a teenager working for several trainers, mucking out stables and exercising the horses because I love horses. Yeah. Um, so that's my exposure to it. But you're right. The average Singaporean does not have the opportunity to ride a horse, to be around horses, to even see a horse, except yes, maybe right. at the zoo. So I think the, the question becomes, how can you tell that this is going to be a champion as, at six months? What kind of eyes, what kind of skills do you have that you're looking, that you think you buy a six-month-old horse that you sell maybe nine months later, that horse is going to be a champion someday? Yes. So basically, I work very closely with my racing director, mm. um, of which he, I mean, for us, we look at the pedigree of the horses, sure. um, their bloodline, mm-hmm. and then after that, we will always fly to the sale, to the sale uh, auction, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in New Zealand or in Australia. And basically, we look at the confirmation. They have to look, they have to look like a perfect-looking horse. Mm-hmm. They have to look balanced. They must not have legs that are crooked. Mm-hmm. They must walk well. They must walk straight. And of course, they must have a temperament of a of a champion race horse. What so, is the temperament? Of I mean, they a cannot be they cannot be angsty horses. Mm-hmm. They cannot have they cannot have temper. I mean, they cannot be. I mean, to be a champion race horse, you definitely need to train them well. Mm-hmm. And if these horses don't listen, the chances of you training them is quite slim. Sure. So, like, I mean, there are many unfortunate horses that um, have to be gilded because they just do not uh, listen when the trainers train them. Okay. They were more interested in the other half. You know, the the the, the, feel, the, the feel is the female right. that they have to be gilded in order for them to concentrate racing mm-hmm. and training. So I think th- it takes a lot of, um, I mean, there are a lot of requirements in choosing um, good horse. I mean, we wouldn't say that the horses that we choose will eventually turn out to be a good champion race horse. Mm-hmm. But I think what we could easily do is to eradicate those horses that probably wouldn't make the mark or okay. wouldn't make the cut. Okay. So what we do is we always putting conscientious effort to go through every single horse in the in the sale mm-hmm. to identify those horses that we feel have got good temperament, got good confirmation, out of a good pedigree. And of course, we must be able to buy them at the right price as well. Of course, because yeah. ultimately it is a business. You're buying at yes. the right price and you're going to sell it yes, you're right. at the right price to you. Yes, of course. All right. What has the reception been like to this business? It started off with uh, me mm-hmm. and, of course, with, uh, with the support of my racing director, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jalen C. Okay. Um, so the reception of this has been awesome, actually. Okay. Been very good because every of our friends that we share with or when people know that we're in this game or in this business… Are you selling to trainers or are you selling to owners? No, actually, it all started when… People know that I have horses mm-hmm. and they ask me, Hey, Nicholas, uh, do you make money from horses? Mm-hmm. I say, I do. Mm-hmm. Because we do trading. Because a lot of them, they, were, they, they have heard that, you know, um, you can only make money from, 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 from prize money. And, mm-hmm. it's, and I mean, 10 horses in a race, only probably one will make the big Blue one. place, yeah. Yep. Okay. So for me, I say, yeah, I do. And when I share them my business uh, of Pinocchio, which is buy and selling, mm-hmm. it gained a lot of the interest Okay. And so a lot of them, they actually, I mean, some of them actually flew with me to Gold Coast mm-hmm. for a couple of sales. And they find it very enlightening that, uh, you know, they, they, they saw horses that went for $1.7 million. Okay. 
unraised, unraised horses. They don't even, they haven't even hit the race track mm-hmm. and they really go for $1.7 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been intrigued. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to even see horses that is only one years old going for $2.7 million in Japan. Mm-hmm. All based on what? All based on two things, pedigree and the confirmation and the hope of it being a champion race horse. Sure, it's like buying stocks and shares. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> or at least buying an IPO. You hope yes. the company will But of perform. course, you must have eye for the horse. <gasps> of course. Yes. We're speaking to Dr. Nicholas Ho, Group CEO and Executive Director of Seristine Group of Companies and Executive Director and CEO of Ultima Horse Club. You've been involved in a lot of different industries. This is obviously something you're quite passionate about. Yes. So you're a busy man. Yeah. Uh, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I do fly a lot. You fly around a lot, but you're also a father. So let's turn our attention to the, the fatherhood aspect of it since, you know, Father's Day is in just a couple of days. How do you juggle having a successful business and maintaining your position as, you know, a successful father? Well, I have to admit I wear a lot of hats, mm-hmm. um, being a husband, mm-hmm. father, son, a brother, a business partner, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, a leader in my organization. So mm-hmm. we definitely have to Prioritize. I have to prioritize my responsibility. I have learned to apportion time for each of my roles mm-hmm. and of course prioritize uh, for each of these relationships. So for me, I'm very glad that you know that now since three years ago I have a son mm-hmm. and recently about a, about two months ago my uh, little baby daughter just came out. Mm-hmm. So I'm spending more time with them now. Uh, while I'm still flying, I'm trying to spend as much time as possible with them. But I'm also very lucky to have a uh, very good team in my business to also help me uh, run them and so I'm actually I mean this uh, this my, my team actually uh, take off a lot of load for me mm-hmm. and uh, they help me manage my company so I'm actually very happy uh, to have them around I mean life is is a balancing act of priorities sure. so sometimes you just have to have to really prioritize them very very well very well yes are you enjoying fatherhood I do I do in fact um, I always tell my wife that I wanted a third one <laughs> And it's always a constant struggle. It's always a. It's I'm always sure that's a, a negotiation that is ongoing. It's always ongoing. It's always ongoing. Yes, but I would love the third one. A third one. Yes. Do you have a preference whether it should be a boy or a girl? Uh, since now I have already have got a son and a daughter, I think um, whatever comes is good for me. Uh, so as long that he or she is, ha- is uh, healthy, healthy. Yes. All right. What are you going to do with yourself on Father's Day? Do you, Do you have any special plans? Well, I think I would want to bring my son to Santosa because mm-hmm. he have been always asking us to bring him to Santosa for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Because my wife now just came out of confinement, okay. and with a little girl, uh, it's a little bit difficult to go and enjoy herself mm-hmm. under the sun. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe this, probably this uh, this Sunday, I'll bring him there with the whole family, and probably my in laws as well mm-hmm. to enjoy a day at the at the beach. At the beach yeah. at Santosa, that actually sounds lovely. How has your family? influenced your your business decisions your you are a successful businessman how much of that is you know the advice that you get and the support that you get from your family well i come from a business family okay. my dad uh, runs a company of his own mm-hmm. he was in the semiconductor industry right uh, for the last uh, 20 years mm-hmm. And in fact, in fact, now he's semi-retired, but he's still is still in the business. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of my DNA for entrepreneurship comes from him. Okay. And a lot of it is uh, also because of my twin brother. Mm-hmm. I'm an older twin. Mm-hmm. I have a twin brother, and we are very competitive. So being very competitive, our our 
character, we want to always outwin each other, outshine sure. each other. We always, we, we always want to test our limit and to make sure that we are better than the other person. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that, that itself gave us that kind of um, never-say-die attitude, mm-hmm. perseverance, to strive in business. Sure. And of course, my dad always told, always tell us to study hard, which obviously our our grades weren't the best or weren't the most ideal, like what he would like it to be. Okay. But I think when we when we left, when we graduated from from school, we found that um, we like business mm-hmm. more than just working in a job, a nine to five job. Um, the kind of challenges that you face, and of course, when you can nail the challenge, the kind of satisfaction that you have mm-hmm. is something that money can buy. Sure. Yeah. It's not even a just about making money, right? It's about winning. It's about winning. It's about, it's winning. about winning. It's about, it's about overcoming challenges and the obstacles you face along the way. And I think a lot of it is also about um, creating a new generation of business leaders that, mm-hmm. that, that works with you. So a lot of times that we want to share and want to nurture our management to, to, to make them grow and to become you eventually. Okay. Become me eventually, I mean. Yeah. Okay. Now you have two young children. Yep. Are you going to bring them into the business as early as possible, let them hang out at the office, let them learn what it is daddy does and someday take over the companies from you? Well, uh, for my son, the older one, mm-hmm. um, I've since one year ago, mm-hmm. I've brought him to the stable quite a few times. Mm-hmm. In fact, every one month, I'll bring him to ride the horse, mm-hmm. bring him to the stable to take a look at the fair, how they do the horseshoe, explain our business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to expose him as much as possible to what I'm doing. Right. But of course, ultimately, whatever he wished to pursue will be up to his passion. Okay. But of course, as a, as a dad, I would, uh, I would love, that? I would love and I would <laughs> hope that he takes after my business. Okay. Yeah, but I have to see, you know, you know for me, for me is, I think most importantly is that he has to be happy with what he does. Mm-hmm. Not too much about what I want him to do. Yeah, but of course I wish I wish that he can take over my business. Oh, you sound like such a dad. Oh, I'd love for him <laughs> to take over the business, but I want him to be happy and I want him to pursue his own interests. But I would love for him to yeah, take over a, the business. Yeah, it's always a love-hate thing that's always going on. <laughs> what is next for you? What is next for Ultima Horse Club and your Ceresian group of companies? I think for Ultima Horse Club, we are now on a fast track. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for us predominantly, our business is... Heavily in Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. we have um, been uh, been uh, making waves in Australia, especially mm-hmm. during the last sale that we did, that we did. I think moving forward for Ultima will be expand, mm-hmm. uh, expand regionally. Will there be any chance of you actually breeding your own racehorses? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, just probably I share you a good news that we managed to secure, we finally managed to secure shares in the stallion mm-hmm. for breeding, and, right? Uh, and it's a stallion which is called Neorealism. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, standing in Australia. Right. So yes, we are officially in a breeding this, uh, breeding business well, now, good. which I'm very happy about. So I think for for our our, our business for our business moving forward would be to expand mm-hmm. um, heavily uh, globally. Okay. And of course to find a good a good a few champion a, a few good champion race horses sure. to put in Hong Kong and probably in, in Japan as well. And of course, for me, being a real estate developer, mm-hmm. I mean, my main business is in development mm-hmm. uh, with uh, more interest in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. I'm also uh, in talks to, of course, also build a race course in Cambodia. Okay. That's, of course, to build one aspect of the business. So for, 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 for my other companies like, like servicing group, my agriculture business and real estate business, uh, it is more or less stable. Mm-hmm. It's just gradually growing the company right. to where... Um, 
we want it to grow. I mean, we we have our five years plan, ten years plan, sure. and so we are just gradually moving moving forward. It's just that Ultima is taking out a hot seat and it's on steroids. Because so, you like it. Yes, because I like it. It's, it's captured your eye. <laughs> yes, the passion is my passion. Well, we wish you all the very best of luck with that. We Thank hope you. to see you in the champion circle very, very soon. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dato Nicholas Ho, Group CEO and Executive Director of Suresting Group of Companies and Executive Director and CEO of Altima Horse Club for coming in and talking to us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.